1: Welcome to Andy Staples on three. It's an emergency show. You hear the you hear the sirens. Tim Watts is here. We are talking new Alabama head coach Tim Watts publisher of Bama online. He's covered a lot of these coaching searches. This one ends with Kalen DeBoer of Washington coming to Tuscaloosa. What do you think Tim?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm going to look back and I'm going to ask people, how long do y'all think this search took? You know what I mean? Like talking to Alabama fans, I mean, it's this morning I woke up and there was a panic, like how can this take that long? I mean, even at one point I was a little, I was sort of like anxious and I'm like, it hadn't even been 48 hours. First of all, Greg Byrne put a clock on him that you have to admire, 72 hours. You know, are you the smartest guy in the room or not? He is. I mean, he put a clock on himself, which is very much unheard of. He could have said, give me a week, you know, give me five to seven days. He said 72 hours and he delivered in, what was it? 46 hours, 41, 45 hours. I mean, he, so a lot of smoke screen. I think it's kicked off with the Dan Lanning rumors. I mean, you Saban retires at four and then the world goes crazy thinking Dan Lanning is in uh, Tuscaloosa at 6 p.m. So I think we just set the clock then. And I think we set the forest on fire and and was, you know, watching it burn.
1: Well, the landing thing was funny, and I did a little uh, i did a little coaching search 101 on the show last night where I explained, you know, like, they don't go to the town where the school is to mm. interview. That's not how that works. Like, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably get a, a full download from, from Greg Byrne, the Alabama AD, about how this all went down. But my guess is that Kalen DeBoer and Greg Byrne probably met either at a neutral site or – in Seattle, where Kalen DeBoer was working at Washington, that would make a lot more sense. But yeah, it's it, it's interesting because you know the the thought is you you go through the names. Lanning was was an obvious one, but so was Mike Norvell, so was Steve Sarkeesian, and so was Kalen DeBoer, and everybody
0: got a raise. Yeah, I mean, you look. You know, I was saying on the Bol uh, YouTube channel just a minute ago. I mean, you had like Kaiser Soze running this, Jimmy Sexton knowing better than anybody how to work this system, get what his guys need. An incredible job he does for his guys. So you saw a lot of guys fall dominoes wise. And for some reason, I think that turned into Alabama was being turned down. I don't think Alabama even got close to the table with Dan Landing. I think he was watching TV at home that night, you know, blew up and had to make a statement the next day. We haven't heard there was any contact there. Um, You know, you saw coaches tweeting out. And this is, you know, we talked about this on the first one. We had coaches saying, and when this always happened. Hey, I'm staying right where I'm at, turning it down. You know, often before they even got the offer, though. But you start running through there, Sark, all the names mentioned. Now, I will say it's kind of odd that we actually had the name on the list. You know, Greg Byrne again. You go back to that Alabama coaching search with Nate Oates. I don't know if he's on the list now. If we did hot board, I mean, it just came out of the blue. So, but if you look at the parallels, if you look at the comparisons with Kalen, with a uh, Kalen DeBoer and Nate. Uh, Coach, you can see a guy that started small ball, assistant coach, high school coach, worked his way up. Nate Oates is obviously doing a great job at Alabama. I think the biggest question for Obama fans is that, you know, the NIA, a lot of his wins came in NIA. But what I'm going to say to them is simple. It, you're not lucky to win at every single level you go to. You're good. You're yeah. good. That's what happens. You don't get lucky at every level. It's no easier to win at the NAIA level than it is at any other level. That is competitive football. All those guys are on an even playing field. You got to know how to coach. So the guy's a winner, when you look at just coaching and the coaches I've talked to, it's only been, you know, a handful so far, a little over a handful. They all think the guy can coach and that's, I mean, that's where football starts on the field.
1: Yeah. And and something to remember, he took over a team that was four and eight in 2021 and then went twenty-five and three during what might have been the deepest period the Pac-Twelve ever had. And so it's a pretty it's a pretty big accomplishment. I think the big question is, and and I'm all right, I'll I'll throw it out there because we've got one in the chat right now, not that Karen. So happy Alabama got their own version of Brian Harson. Just because his last job was in the Northwest does not mean this is going to be Brian Harson. But I will ask you that question. It is always a question when somebody from outside SEC country comes into the SEC, do we think he can recruit in the SEC?
0: I mean, Nick Saban did that, right? He came when, from out yes outside. from Michigan yeah. State to LSU. Yeah, I'm saying he came from out. and He did that. Urban Meyer left too most, left most of his staff at Michigan State, if I recall correctly. Right? Yes, came correct. Here, put together a cat a staff at LSU that's unprecedented.
1: Yeah, you know, they
0: that, that's the one where they show the photos who's on staff and they've circled ninety percent of the heads because now they're they're, <laughs> they're
1: all head coaches. Yeah,
0: I don't think that them coming, him being from the West Coast, is anything other than a coincidence. I mean. I'm not sure you could get more short-sighted than that. I mean, the problem with Brian Harson, nobody ever said it was football-related at Auburn, right? What did they say? He didn't have any connections in the South. He mm-hmm. didn't hire Southern coaches. He didn't recruit at all.
1: Right, right. You know, he didn't I, He didn't chase the kind of players you have to chase at Auburn because you, you've you got to chase the kind of players that Alabama and Georgia are chasing. So if Kalen DeBoer comes in and he's chasing the same guys that Kirby Smart's chasing and as aggressively as Kirby Smart, then it'll be just fine.
0: I mean, he's chasing the guys that that had to fake that that Dan Lanning's chasing. He's chasing, I mean, look at his wins. Look at his biggest wins. I mean, he's beating Dan Lanning, who's a terrific coach. Oregon's a good program. Look yep. at his record against the top coaches. Look at the talent he had on the field. Also, he's very familiar with the portal. And hey, that's the world we're living in. The transfer yeah. portal is big and all. Um, I mean, that's basically saying LeBron James goes to the Hawks, he's gonna suck, you know, because Brian parson <laughs> did. I mean, you gotta be really simple to think that.
1: Yeah, I, I would say let's give him a chance and let's see who he hires because we don't know yet what's going to happen at Washington. You know, Ryan Grubb is the OC at Washington, actually interviewed for the Alabama job before Tommy Reese you got, got it. And we don't know if Ryan Grubb's going to get promoted. If he doesn't get promoted, I would imagine he's coming with, that he's yeah. calling plays at Alabama. But then we don't know about the rest of the staff. You know, there's a lot of good coaches on Alabama staff. I would... Oh, by the way, there's also this guy that's going to have an office in the building named Nick Saban. Yep. Who might be able to help him as he hires people?
0: I mean, basically, when you say the stuff that some of these people say about Brian Harson you're calling a lot of people stupid. That's what you're doing. Greg Byrne literally said the guy's got to be able to build relationships. The guy's got to be able to coach. you know. And I get Brian Harson didn't do a good job at Auburn for whatever reason, but most of that was related. It wasn't his football acronym. If He comes in, doesn't recruit well. I mean, that's exactly what DeBoer's got to do. He's got to come in and recruit. There's no way he's going to go to Alabama thinking he doesn't have to recruit. And like you said, you don't build a program with no talent. He knew how to get talent. He knew how to put guys on there. And hey, he keeps his roster intact. He doesn't have to recruit a lot. He's got a loaded roster. So I mean, you look at the, you look at this. To me, this is like, you know, this is like a semester in in college. You got your six-week report card. To it's an A. You got an A. You hired a really good coach, one of the hottest coaches in the country. The guy was in the you know the playoffs, national championship game. Now we have to judge how does he fill out his staff, right? Who does right. he get? And then we'll have a second grade because this thing could go from an A to an A plus plus, or to an A to a you know a B minus. That's going mm-hmm. to that's going to depend on who comes with him and who he brings with him.
1: So, Ryan, in the chat, you know it's a bad hire when even the Alabama fans have to explain why it's a good hire. You know it's bad when even the Auburn fans are doing nothing more than getting ready to watch this disaster. I think the Auburn fans are more worried about them revamping their own staff, which, by the way, this would have been your opportunity to take advantage of Alabama not having a coach. But it doesn't seem like that's
0: happening. No, I mean, I'm looking at the Auburn front page, Auburn Live, who does a great job. Zach Etheridge resigns. Carnell Williams resigns. I mean, I think that's pretty uh... – That's pretty presumptuous there to act like uh, all's well um, with that coaching staff. They're having to redo their coaching staff as well. And you know what? You don't get a window. That's not a shot at who freaks. You better do what you got to do to win right away. If you're not comfortable with who you got, you go and you make your moves. But, I mean, I don't know if Auburn fans are celebrating. I don't know what other people's reaction. I think it's Nick Saban and anything less. And we discussed this on your show. Anything less than Steve Sarkeesian or Kirby Smart is going to be seen as a downgrade. I mean, and and even they're probably a downgrade. It's Nick Saban, the greatest coach ever. You can't really go above the greatest coach ever.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, Kalen DeBoer is going to be under intense pressure. He's going to be under intense scrutiny. And it's not fair. But what Nick Saban did, no one's ever been able to do before. And so it's, it's not fair to think he's just going to pick it up and keep doing that. But... You know, I, I just wonder how like what's the difference between the Alabama administration and the Alabama fan base? Because I'm sure the Alabama fan base like if Kalen DeBoer makes the playoff, but they don't make it out of the quarterfinals in the first two years, they're going to be ready to fire him. You know what? What though? about the Alabama administration?
0: That applied to Nick Saban. True. I mean, you, you yeah. think you think Nick Saban missed the playoffs last year, and everybody wasn't there? Wasn't people saying that he um, he was past his prime and all that stuff? Absolutely. When Alabama loses. Nick Saban has not been above criticism. I don't know where that that starts. I mean, there's just a certain level. I mean, I still think you got to recalibrate when he leaves, but I do think it helps the board. You got a 12 team playoff. Alabama should be a fairly competitive team, and in that running for a you know a top 12. But again, I mean, I I'm just me. I'm just a one step at a guy. You judge this guy whether you feel he's a good coach or not. I find the fact that fans whose teams haven't sniffed the college football playoffs are making fun of a coach who just was in the national championship. Game. Right. I find a little bit of irony there, you know? Well, and he took him from four and eight to the national championship game
1: in two years. That's the, the, the crazy part. And I would think that does prove that he can take, and, and here's the, here's the thing. I always look at the best coaches can take yours and beat, take theirs and beat yours or take yours and beat theirs. He strikes me as that kind of guy.
0: Yeah, I think I think the football coach on the field, I think that's what he does best. I think that's what he's what he's gonna be known for. And I think that's where you have to start with any coaching staff. Again, you want them to be able to coach football, right? Because we've seen guys that were really great recruiters. You mentioned Ron Zook on the show we did last yep. time. They had unbelievable classes. That Florida yes. was had, I mean, just insane talent that he brought in. And Urban Meyer, who could coach football, came in, took that talent, took it to the next level. So I would rather have a coach knowing he can coach and who can figure out recruiting because I tell you what's not easy to do. It's not easy to figure out how to be a college coach in your 50s.
1: Yeah, I covered Ron's look at Florida. And, you know, if you look at that, it's, it's actually a pretty similar situation because Steve Spurrier was coming off one of his best teams. He was still kind of at the height of his powers when he left Florida. It wasn't like Bobby Bowden to Jimbo Fisher where Bowden had down years before Jimbo took over. You know, Spurrier was like, I I think 2001 might have been his best team at Florida. And I say that as someone who's on his national championship team. Like, I think 01 might have been better. And so you go from that to Ron Zook. He inherits Rex Grossman. And he's like, okay, everything's going to be great. But that guy had to learn how to be a head coach. And if you look at his results, they weren't terrible. But they weren't good enough. And he was bringing in the talent. But like you said, it took an Urban Meyer to coach that talent.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think, and in my opinion, Steve Sarkeesian is probably in that top two or three top coaches in the country, right? I don't think there's any doubt he knows how to coach. He's a great play caller. Texas is a monster. Good recruiting classes, all that. Well, uh, DeBoer's beat him back-to-back years in games Mm -hmm. that matter, the playoffs and in a bowl game. So you also look at, you know, uh, Dan Lanning. Everybody thinks he's a terrific up-and-comer coach. He's had a very good record against him, though. So it's not like he's down here beating guys we're not aware of. And I'm saying those wins were huge because I think Oregon and Lanning's a good program. I think Steve Sarkisian in Texas is a good program. I'm saying he's matched up with some of the best of the best, and he certainly held his own. Yeah, and
1: and he does. And this is this is the thing we we talk about with certain coaches because, like with Lane Kiffin, as good as he's been, he struggled against Saban. He's struggled when he's had to play Kirby Smart. And you know DeBoer so far playing at some of the best that he's played against. He's he's beaten him. He didn't beat Jerome Harbaugh the other night, but he's done pretty well. Other than that, uh, beat beat Sarkeesian in the Sugar Bowl. That just they just went head to head. I think we could argue that Sark had more talent in that game. Didn't end up winning it. So this is going to be a a really interesting transition because I do I, like you said. I think it matters who you hire how you come in. Sure. You know, do you say, listen, I'm unfamiliar with this area, but I'm going to bring in some people who are very familiar with it and trust them to help get me up to speed. I, again, I covered urban Meyer when he got to Florida, it was the same thing. He found people who were experienced recruiting. Like he kept Charlie strong. He went and hired doc holiday. Who was very experienced recruiting the state of Florida. And those, are the, those were the guys that helped him get up to speed in an area that he was unfamiliar with.
0: Yeah, and Urban's another guy. You know, we talked about Nick Saban. Where's Urban from? Where, where was his connection? Ohio. He's <laughs> now, yeah, He's from Ohio and coming from Utah. So was yeah. Urban Meyer the next Brian Harson? You know, maybe he's, you know, maybe this guy's the next. But
1: that's exactly what they said when he got there. They said, oh, oh you can't can't win running that offense. You can't don't, win coming from Utah.
0: They don't remember. You know, they don't remember all their hot takes. I mean, I've got Alabama, some of my best Alabama friends, are now convinced they were all behind Nate Oats, Like they grew up watching Buffalo University of Buffalo basketball. They lost their mind. And for yep. me, I had to do research myself. I'm not the Buffalo expert either. Still digging into Washington. But I do think that what you see on the field is what you get. And like you said, we'll see more. We'll know more down the road. Who's coming? Who's his offensive coordinator? Who's his defensive yep. coordinator? Who's he going to recruit? But I still go back to this, and I'm always going to go back to this. There is, like you said, a guy on campus that if you need advice, hey, what should I do to help build my staff so I can recruit in the South? Is there anybody better than Nick Saban to ask that question? No, absolutely not. He's still there. He's still around the program. Um, I'm not saying he's a mentor or anything, but I do think you got a guy to pick his brain.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, it, I, I think Saban is probably smart enough to know when to insert an opinion and when yeah. to hang back, because that's the one thing you're concerned about with the all time legend hanging around, yeah. Yeah. but Saban doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to, who's going to butt in when he, yeah. And we saw that at one,
0: right? We saw that with Philip Fulmer, you know, you're looking mm-hmm. up and Fulmer is an AD and all of a sudden he's on the field and the, you know, on the end zone coaching the, uh, the offensive lineman video escapes. So that's a hard thing to do when you've got somebody leaning over you. Um, And I think Nick Saban would never, you know, I don't think he's going to be intrusive at all. I don't think, you know, somebody, several questions, will Nick Saban be involved with practice? No. I think if he wanted to be involved with practice, he'd still be the coach, right? I don't think you're going to look up and you're running a drill and Nick Saban's going to come walking around blowing his whistle going, no, 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 that's not how you, that's not how you tackle. I don't, I'm not anticipating that. But, again, you know, if I'm a coach, shoot, I, I'd pick Nick Nick Saban's brain right now. I'd call him right now and pick his brain for an hour. So I imagine any coach, you know, would want to have that access.
1: He may trash talk the occasional corner at practice. Oh, yeah. Been a he I think to
0: trash talk. I think he even said – I think I said – I read where he told his players, like, I don't have to be in the on the field to yell at you. You know, I can look from my <laughs> office and scream at you. You know what I mean? So <laughs> – I don't think he'll, I think he'll be a bystander, not so innocent. I think he will watch to see what's going on because I think that's his nature. Very curious and all that that kind of stuff. But, um, I think, you know, I think there's a part of people that are irritated. This search didn't go on. I'm talking about other fan bases. I think they they wanted wanted it to be
1: like Tennessee, post Shiano,
0: Arkansas. Arkansas, People fired. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I remember Arkansas. I mean, I, I remember people had 40 names listed and Sam Pittman was never one of them. Yep. Um, I mean, it didn't happen. I mean, it didn't happen with a bunch of people. So the one they got, and let's be really didn't matter if it's going to be Mike Norvell or Dan Lanning or, you know, Tommy Reese, Mike Loxley, anybody but Kirby Smart or Steve Sarkeesian, people were going to have uh, concerns, questions and, you know, negative things to say about it. And that's just the business because he's got to prove it. He's proven it at every level. Now DeBoer's got to prove it, you know at the University of Alabama and I would like to point out you got to have a tremendous set of uh well you got I'm not going to say that you got to have a lot of confidence to be the guy to follow Nick Saban cuz hey we heard nobody wanted to follow him right nobody That's wants right. that job nobody wants to follow him or well, here's a guy that just played in the national championship game who who was hot, who wanted basically could do anything he wanted in Washington obviously they were doing anything they could to keep him they would have loved to keep him who walked away and took this challenge And I think you have to admire the fact that he's not, he didn't shy away from it.
1: So Zach in the chat, active coaches who coached the national title game during the CFP era. Dabo, Ryan Day, Kirby, Sonny Dykes, and Kalen DeBoer. That's it. It's actually also Harbaugh. Unless unless you've got some, unless Zach knows something we don't.
0: Zach's (laughs) got breaking news. But yeah, that's that's a good point. I see a lot of teams, fans of other teams talking trash, and I didn't see any of their coaches on that list, oddly enough.
1: Yeah, they, they're they're trying to get there. They're all trying to get there. So, Tim, this has been awesome. Thank Love you so it. much. I know you have more work to do, but I want to point out. So, Kalen DeBoer was about to move into the Big Ten at Washington. He'll not get to do that, but he will play a Big Ten game before he plays an SEC game.
0: That's
1: crazy. Bama's at Wisconsin on September 14th. <laughs> Go to State this Street Brats, everybody. Get yourself some, some Brats. But then September 28th, SEC Opener. The Georgia Bulldogs in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to the
0: SEC. There's no rest. I'll be honest. I've loved it. I mean, I, you know, I I certainly didn't want to go on any longer, and I wanted Alabama to get whoever they wanted. But this ride coming up on 48 hours has been amazing. And, you know, I know it's amazing because people I know that don't even really follow football, just random people are talking about it and watching it and the excitement it brought. So from this point forward, we take a breath, wait for the announcement, see who's coming with me. It's like time uh Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. Who's coming with me? That we're about to find out who's the goldfish.
1: Well, you know the answer to that?
0: Show me the money! (laughs) That's absolutely going to be the answer. Thank you, Tim. You got it, Andy. Anytime.